You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. What is up? Welcome to this week's episode of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. I am sitting here with Chris and Drew from the reunited, reinvigorated. See you next Tuesday. Welcome to the show, boys. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's been a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah, it's uh, a, a hot minute. Yeah. Yeah. So. Since it's been so so long, I thought we would kind of give just a quick recap of, you know, your career prior to this most recent comeback. Because as of recording this today, February 17th, you guys just dropped your latest album. So, and we'll Mm -hmm. get into that. But, you know, some some people may be finding you for the first time and they may think of you as a new band. So to clear up, you know, some confusion and, and whatnot, let's go ahead and, you know, cut it back to the early 2000s and kind of give them a brief little you know rundown of who you guys were and or are and everything and how it started okay that works for, for me uh since i uh was the founding member i suppose um yeah honestly like i had uh i played bass in bands all my life and uh in my late 20s or not not my late my 20s uh early 20s so early 2000s um yeah I, I bought a guitar and decided i wanted to play a guitar band you know guitar in a band and i found a funny name called see you next tuesday and you know i started listening to um at the time you know i was listening to like converge and coalesce and danger and just not then getting into um you know all the the awesomenesses of the up and coming like spazzy world of music you know and uh yeah <clears throat> next thing you knew we were playing shows and people started showing up to shows and liking what we're doing and you know we uh fast forward a little bit you know uh ferret took uh took notice of us in uh like 2006 ish um, because we had we had actually hit the road numerous times on like, DIY tours, just booked on like show trade basis off uh, MySpace, <laughs> not Facebook. Man, and uh, yeah, and then that's that's when he jumped aboard. He was in a really awesome band called Flesh and Bone Robot um, up until that point. And um, yeah, like what a month before we went in the studio for Paris. I don't even think it was a month. I think it was like <laughs> two or three weeks before. It might have been. It might have been. Yeah, because uh, Bear, our original singer, which you know Bear Fox, we get it. It's funny. Brandon Schroeder, uh, our first singer, had originally signed the contract with with Ferret, and then like bowed out like a week later. Oh. It's just like, oh shit, we're gonna have to tour. Oh yeah, I don't want to do that. You know, like you know, that is what it is. I get that. You know, it's not leaving home 
for an unforeseeable amount of time for an unforeseeable amount of money is, is, is not for everybody. So I get that. Yeah, um, I'll let I'll let Fox kind of tell the story of entering the studio and stuff from there. We can just kind of yeah. Uh, so you know, I joined the band. Um, we recorded Parasite a couple weeks later, and then from that point on, we were just on the road, uh, touring pretty much nonstop. I think we had an average for a couple years of 10 months touring a year. Um, I think that was just know, we, one year, but was that just 2007? Okay. And then yeah, I think it was just 2007. We spent a lot of time in the studio like, and then a lot of like overseas shit. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we, you know, we tour, we get home for a week, we'd leave again. We tour, we get home for three weeks, leave again. You know, it was, it was fucking insane. Um, <laughs> and we, toured with so many fucking bands so uh, many awesome bands too just yeah just bad yeah. like red cord through as the couple, dead a like, couple shitty ones yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey hey now you guys, nobody's <laughs> shitty it's just, you did some earlier tours uh, with black dahlia as well so you know you've toured with a lot of people that have you know gone on to become bigger bigger you know names in the scene and everything so yeah and this was like uh, you know way earlier we never we never we never yeah. toured with black dahlia maybe. oh you didn't no we yeah. um Weirdly enough, you know, from being like both Michigan bands and like Alan is like our best friend. He comes to every show of ours. Um, like we, we, the only show we played with Black Dolly Murder was like Bottle Rocket Fest 2004 or 2005. It was in this abandoned warehouse in Detroit. They still awesome. wore girl <laughs> jeans when they played. And I remember Tosa Nabasi was in Reflux. Oh yeah, I remember that. And uh, and they played too. And uh, I remember we set up merch right next to them the whole time. I just watched Tosin fucking sweet pick, and I was like, Jesus, this kid's younger than me, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he's just practicing. So like you know, even before I knew who he was, he was already inspiring me. So thanks for that, Tosin. Yeah, I remember uh, Reflex yeah. doesn't get brought up that that often because it's very very obscure. But they were from yeah. Georgia, and I'm based out of North Florida, so I also oh, yeah. was amazed by when I saw them play. There was like a local show down here or whatever, but um, yeah, it blew me away because I uh, I'd never seen anyone play guitar like him, especially anyone a person of color in the scene. Because at that time it was you know yeah. 20 years ago and it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. But that was mind blowing, and it always stuck with me. And then when I saw him with Animals, I was like. Holy shit! Of course, yeah. So, yeah. but continue. Sorry, true, sorry, Drew. Man, sorry, that's... Drew. Continue. No, that's okay. Um, I don't even know where we're going from there. So I, I was, uh, no, I was just correcting you about the Black Dahlia thing but, as much as we'd love yeah. to. So obviously, Black yeah. Dahlia, if you're watching this, please take us out on the road. We're, we live right behind you. <laughs> yeah, they're back. <laughs> yeah, like, real close. Real, we're really close. Maybe to you guys it, can so. share. Maybe continue on. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, we were just, you know, we released intervals, like, maybe, like, a year later, and uh, we still continued to tour, but then, you know, we ran into a lot of uh, shitty situations that really fucked us money-wise, and uh, then we just had to stop because we couldn't afford to keep going, really, yeah, you know, I, I and wanna, it was just... I want to get into that a little a little bit as we okay. get, through the, get through the years here, but you guys, um, correct me if I'm wrong again, because obviously uh, my research is crap. Uh, but you guys formed around 2004, and like you yeah. said, 2006 was in that time frame. You guys got picked up by Ferret, which at the time was one of the bigger 
yeah. independent but well-known hardcore you know metal labels of them when we got when we got that email from carl like i remember like i was i was looking around and sitting in like eyesight of me I saw on a Life Once Lost record, and I saw on Every Time I Die a record, mm-hmm. and I called my bass player, the bass player at the time, Travis, and uh, he did the same thing. Like he was flipped, like looked around. He's like, "Dude, I can name three ferret bands that are on posters on my wall, and you're telling me that they're going to put out a record." And I'm like, I'm "All right." Yeah. <laughs> so it was huge to us, man. Like the band, the roster was just. I was oh, so jealous when I found out you guys got signed to see a ferret because <laughs> I was in flesh and blood. I was like, these motherfuckers, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so how did that come about? Like, they, he just noticed you because of the relentless touring and, and he just dug the band? Or did you shop, you know, demos and, and stuff around? Um, I think, well, like the Summer Sampler, which is now sells for like $50 on eBay, and I'm so sorry to our fans for that. That's ridiculous. Um. That was something that I just, I, I, I printed, you know, like I ordered those and uh, we'd either give them out with a purchase or like, you know, some for five bucks at shows. And we, we printed, you know, several thousand of them. And, you know, I, we lived in Michigan. So DIY style, we only did two trips to California and back doing just like look up a band on MySpace and go, hey, you play a lot of shows in this area, ever going to be in Michigan, we'll trade shows. You know, we I run a venue here, this garage that I live in, <laughs> called the Very Awesome Garage, because we like vagina references. <laughs> and, um, yeah, yeah. so that we that's what we just did. We just offered show trades, and eventually, you know, people started recognizing us, you know, um, some of the bands that we started crossing paths was, like you said earlier, we, we all kind of came up together, you know, like, Sawtooth, number 12, like, we just, um... Yeah, big move. From a second-story window. Like, all these bands were all happening, like, simultaneously. And, uh, yeah, so I think it was just, like, record labels were stupid not to start recognizing what was going on. And, you know, Victory was one of the first, I feel, that was just, like, a mirror. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was just, like... Everybody was like, holy shit, remember that Amir band that was, like, trying to play a Case of Strange songs? No offense, because, like, I love Amir, don't get me wrong. Like, it's new metal, deathcore, beautifulness. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I don't know. Keep going, Fox. (laughs) I'm just rambling at this time. (laughs) I believe uh, he he was going over the timeline now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's let's keep going the timeline then. Well, you can always interject with time, you know, because yeah, I, yeah, I only, I have, I only yeah. have certain certain hot points, so you know. <laughs> but you guys, you guys write the first, you know, you guys write your first record, you, you write your second one, and then uh, Chris, did you come in on the the third one? You said right before they uh, right before they started heading into the studio, correct? Hey, what's up? It's Lurk. Looks like you're enjoying the podcast. If you are and you like what we're doing here on the Van Flip, why don't you go ahead and pause this, give us a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to. If you want to find out any information on your favorite bands from the hardcore and metal scene, visit lambgoat.com. And to stay in the loop about everything that we post on lambgoat.com, make sure you like us on Facebook and you head over to Twitter and Instagram and follow us at lambgoat. Are you a full-grown adult and you also have a TikTok account? Congrats. Follow us on TikTok as well. You can find us under the username lambgoat.com. That's spelled out D-O-T-C-O-M. Head over to our YouTube channel where we have all of these podcasts in video format plus a lot more content that you should check out. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and you hit that notification bell so you're always alerted when we upload new content. And last but not least, if you want to follow me, Lurk, the host of the show, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at LurkCity.
And as always, if you need any of the links that pertain to the artists on the show today, Lambgoat or myself, you can always find them in the description. Thanks for listening to this message. Now let's get back to the show. Well, for the well, first record, I, for the first the record. first actual studio record, yeah, Parasite. I I joined, you know, like I think either like two or three weeks before, uh, like officially joined two or three weeks before we went into the studio. Yeah, interesting. And that was like the tail end of two thousand six. And so, is the rumor true that you guys had to write that, uh, record that album twice because it was deleted the first time around? Not the whole yeah. thing. Not the whole thing, though. No. Um, so we we did. It was around Christmas time, and we we're trying to bust our ass and get this thing out by early 2008. You know, obviously, I had mentioned that labels were cherry picking awesome bands that we we're coming up with. So I mean, that's just in a nutshell how we got we got cherry picked. You know, we were, we were active and up and coming. So whatever. Um, yeah, Ferret um, wanted to, to get a move on. So they're like, I know it's Christmas time. Are you dudes cool with this? You'll do two weeks before Christmas, come back home for a week, go back out for Chris, or, you know, go back out. Sorry, you'll spend New Year's in, you know, Richmond, Virginia, whatever. We made a lot of really good friends down there. You know, so um, when we had gone home for that week and came back during that period of time, I guess there was some sort of like power issue or something that happened in Richmond. Mm hmm. Um, and his hard drive got fried and his backup hard drive got fried. Thankfully, it was only two weeks into the process. So basically it was all the drums were tracked and I would say like 60 to 70% of the guitar tracks and just minimal amount of bass. I don't even think Fox had started because he was still writing the lyrics because our previous singer didn't share any lyrics with us. When he quit, he was just like, I don't, these are personal. I don't want to share them. But he had already written that. like lyrics for the actual material that you had written for the record that would be Parasite? Yeah, so we all this all the songs in Parasite we had been playing for years, well before Fox was in the band. Um, so Bear, Bear had been the singer for, for, for years doing these songs live. And we even recorded the three of them on the summer sampler, the uh, Eight Dead, Portable, and um, Scroll Claw Hammer Majiggers. All the song titles are just references to pop culture and movies and stuff. They're totally irrelevant to the titles. It was just a, a shtick that I nodded my hat to uncreativity at the time. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, we weren't given the lyrics at all. So Fox had the challenge of re rewriting everything. And I mean, obviously he he was he he's been a vocalist for long enough and he's a natural poet anyhow and he's got like a book of stuff you know but he had to whip that out and like make everything fit to the wackiness that we were doing in parasite um so to answer your question yes the uh we did have to double track it but it, it was only the drums was the hardest thing because andy came back ferocious and unfortunately some of those songs were exceptionally fast on that record Notably, like the the eight dead, not if we count the fetus, and here take that this pill. Like he came back and was like, "Are you kidding? Like I gotta redo my drum parts, all of them." I was done. I was ready to just sit here and watch you fuckheads do this. So <laughs> it was it was uh, it was fun. It was a fun process. <laughs> Who paid for the extra time, or did you have to? Did it like was it something that Andreas the was it? We didn't pay for the extra time. No, we're it was like. 
Well, Andreas is booked after that. He has another band coming in. You're just going to have to make it. We just have to get it done. Yeah. Oh, wow. So instead of getting four weeks to do the whole record, I guess that probably added to the fact that we did it way faster than we played it live. Yeah. I mean, Um, we had everything pretty dialed in by the time we had to go back through. Like, we figured out what we were, you know, you know, settings, all that bullshit. You know, like everything was pretty set in stone. And we kind of, that made the, the process of re-recording everything a lot faster and a lot better, you know. Yeah. So, okay. And um, compared to like that, like writing process where you're in the studio for weeks on end and and whatnot, how different is it from this last <laughs> album that you guys recently recorded and just released? So, how what was like? Did it take longer, shorter, or you know, because you guys well, had some time off, so I don't know how long these songs have been written or or ideas of, you know. Right. Um. Well, I mean, I, I, as I mentioned before, Parasite were songs that I had written over a long period of time. From the, the spawn of the band, you know, we had wrote a handful of songs, and then, then I wrote Eight Dead Night Not Feast. And that was kind of like the first song. Actually, it might have been Here Take This Boat, one of those two. Um, that was like when we kind of like found our sound type of thing. But it wasn't until 2006, uh, December of 2006, that we recorded them. So I wrote that entire record over the course of you know a couple of years um intervals was a, a collab um they really wanted a second record and they wanted it you know ferret wanted it within a year so um we just took time off and we wrote that in a couple months and wrote some of it in the studio as well and that was a total group effort you know like we sat there and played everything together and practiced together instead of me coming up with shit and then bringing it to them and we figure it out and stuff with this record, it was a completely different process because no one was even involved until I got, I don't know, when did you jump in? Like almost a year into me creating stuff, right? Uh, maybe not, maybe like 10 months in. Like yeah. you were sending me tracks, but I hadn't done anything yet. You know, yeah. I was maybe giving a little critique here and there, but. Yeah. Uh, in a nutshell, I, I finished the first song right around January of 21. I started writing um, around November, December of 2020. Um, I finished the, the and, and turned the masters over to the wonderful mastermind Josh Schroeder on um, June 1st of 2022. So, not quite two years, but pretty darn darn too close. So, to answer that question, I am an extraordinarily painfully slow writer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, let's before we bridge this gap to the new album. You, you briefly brought up the financial situation, and one of the things I do like to kind of like harp on on this podcast is the fact that there is like little to no money within this industry, especially, right. uh, you know, people complain about, you know, Spotify artist payments right, and all yeah. this other stuff, but like it's so much worse in like the hardcore and metal world, um, mm-hmm. more so the <laughs> underground metal world, because there are some metal bands that do quite well for themselves, but you know in our little in our little scene it is very difficult for bands to last uh, a long period of time and though we've had a very few you know run the gamut and and stay alive um it doesn't happen that often so i wouldn't like i want to elaborate on what caused you guys to disband in you know the uh what 2009 2010 area um so if we want to dive into that a little bit because i know there was a lot of like you had your van repossessed you had some financial stuff to pay back so to, to preface, our last tour was called the Van Flip Tour with Arson and Scuttled Girls. So there's no, no care ever. 
<laughs> oh, the No Care Ever tour. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. We're on the Van Flip podcast. Yes, they, the no they were commenting Van Flip on that tour, possibly. That's probably what you would remember. There was a yeah, flip yeah. van on the poster, and there was a lamb and a goat, like, Walking next to each other, next to a crashed van. <laughs> we gotta get that. that we gotta, if, you can, if you can find that, just send that to me. I think I he's have got one. it. Yeah, yeah, he's got. Yeah, one. we'll yeah. post that because I like to do those uh, from the vault. I call them posts. You know. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. I'll, I'll see if I can dig it out. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it was yeah. We we um, we had some issues at the Canadian border. Um, in a nutshell, <laughs> we had we got seized a bunch of shit we we, we lied on our fucking paperwork because we're savages and we didn't want to pay taxes and we ended up paying three thousand dollars in taxes so thanks canada um it is what it is it's our damn ass fault uh then we did a the hate eternal tour in europe which was probably the most smart thing that we could have ever done except for the fact that we paid more in transportation and gear rentals than our guarantee was every day <clears throat> so we came out of that another seven grand in debt oh wow <laughs> And then, because uh, I mean, plane tickets, even, you know, then, what, uh, that that year, remember, that was when, like, gas was, like, $17 a gallon, you know? <laughs> um, but, yeah, flights were no fucking joke. I remember we spent probably twelve grand on four flights to Frankfurt and back. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, yeah, so it was just that and that, and then we broke an axle on a fucking trailer, and it was just one yeah, of those, boy. like... Somebody throws something broken into the mud and says, "I'm fucking done with this." Yeah, that was that was the fucking nail the, the fucking nail in the coffin. Yeah, when that happened, really, we were just kind of like, "What the fuck are we doing?" You know, like, and there was even more stuff that happened that Drew didn't even mention. That every time it was just like a fucking hit to the head with a hammer. You know, like every fucking you're, oh my god, you know. So, you know, it eventually just wore us down, you know, and we just didn't see a point in putting ourselves further in debt. Yeah. So to recoup those losses, is it, it, am I right when I read that you guys had to sell like all your equipment and the trailer and everything like that as well? Well, because I, I was the founding member, everything was in my name, including like the, the van debt and merchandise debt and everything was in my name and uh when we disbanded it just kind of fell on me i felt bankruptcy so that was super fun um yeah and then uh then we went on hiatus <laughs> so yeah i lost i lost all my guitars and stuff um moved back in with my mom's you know poor me and you know so that went on tour came home to mom uh you know i I was I said this in a few podcasts because I'm jealous, but Fox was, you know, he's wildly talented as an artist as well and he is a tattooer. So I mean he he also had another career waiting for him too. Like he how long you were you were tattooing for how many years at that point? I actually finished my apprenticeship a couple months before I joined the okay. band. Yeah. So but it's not like I didn't come home and was I I ended up getting a really good job when I got home but not I was still like broke as fuck struggling to pay a $200 rent you know yeah <laughs> you know, well, what like I, was I didn't saying have any is clients that, or anything yeah well what I was saying is is like you had that opportunity waiting for you right, I remember that yeah. being like a thing because you you would literally be like you know if we went on another tour we could maybe make this much if we stayed home I know I could make at least 500 bucks a week doing tattoos and I'm like that makes sense I get it I'll sell all this stuff, man. So, <laughs> yeah. and how old, you know what I mean? So, how old was, was it? How old was everyone around that time? Was it like 
if I'm thinking back, uh, it might have been like early 20s, right? I was like uh, mid 20s. I was like 25 or 26, maybe. Yeah, around that time yeah. when the world's like, get a fucking job or figure it out. Like, you yeah, feel, you feel that like, pressure, right? From yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like hey, we're just gonna keep doing this forever, and, and I'm gonna end up living in a gutter somewhere. And there's no malice to it. Like I said, I was just jealous because he had a career that he had already started. You know, like he had already been working on that. When the band broke up, dude, I went and worked at Hot Topic for three months. Um, and then I ended up getting a job at a guitar center, which later turned into a career because I ended up running a damn guitar center for seven fucking years. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so that was super <laughs> cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? That like a big high there, like, yeah. Buying up guitar, buying up tattoo shops and shit. So <laughs> interesting. So, um, were you approaching the band as like a business at that point? Like this, because again, this is early on, and obviously, you guys formed the band at the same time I formed our my shitty band, which did nothing. But I we didn't approach mm-hmm. it kind of like as a business at the time. Uh, obviously, like like you said, the DIY scene. I think in general for the the country and for that time period for our for our little scene like myspace had just kind of popped off and you mentioned like booking tours through myspace and you know you i and every other band i feel like at the time utilized that uh, as a reference point to like trade shows yeah media. it was fucking awesome it was a great yeah it was great <laughs> but, yeah it was brand new social media yeah yeah and it wasn't horrible you know and you no, could have like yeah. that little song on your profile and you yeah, know, your built-in band, songs your band can have trackers songs. so you could see who's popular and yeah, it was great it was great um but were you guys approaching like were you approaching it as a like a smart you know business plan? actually yeah i mean they're 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 there was a time where see next Tuesday made a little money. You know, were we like lavish? No, we still drove a fucking, you know, a, a used 4350 with a beat up shitty trailer. Like, you know, we came home and split up, you know, 1600 bucks to live off for a couple weeks or whatever between tours. You know, like it wasn't a lot of money, but. You know, we were selling merch, we were getting on great tours, you know, when when we were on tours like The Red Cord and Through the Eyes and Acacia Strand, Job for a Cowboy, like, you know, we lucked the fuck out, man. We we had some people that really liked us, you know, Matt Pike um, from the Kenmore Agency, who's now working with us again um, out of 33 and West, um, and Carl Severson of, of, of the Time Fair, you know, we, we had people that really liked us, and we lucked out. And we're able to keep going for a long period of time because of it, you know. And I had to become business savvy because you can't just not pay taxes for years on end. So, you know, I, I opened a bank account and, and also like going to Europe and stuff, you know, you had to be able to buy merch in a different country and ship it to your first show. I don't know if anyone logistically knew that that's how a band does that. <laughs> we order it over there and then it stays in the same country. I ordered it in Germany and shipped it to somewhere in Germany. But you had to have like you know a credit card so you know i was in a fucking band forever like i don't have credit cards so you know you gotta be smart and you have to open up a bank account <laughs> so yeah i had to i had to prove a paper trail so yes uh, eventually Phoenix tuesday became a business and you know like i said i i was the pioneer of the band you know i i named the band and um i i'm the one that was pushing it you know, I was always the pusher. I was always the, the, the like the manager role, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. 
so it was it was like a uh, it was no problem for me. I didn't bat an eye at taking on the responsibility, and I'm not bitter about having to file bankruptcy either. I'm sad that I had to sell some guitars that are now worth small fucking fortunes. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, if you can go on Reverb right now and find a 1980s Screamer Night Swan in a red sparkle for less than, like, $7,000, it's probably mine. <laughs> so it's got a broken head socket as they could. <laughs> That's a bummer. That is a bummer. Uh, so, Chris, before we jump into distractions and, and bridge that gap again, uh, you had to rewrite the lyrics for the for the final album with Barrett. Um like how difficult was that for or do you, how difficult do you think that was for like the fan base because obviously they're they may be used for, to hear for parasite you're saying or uh yeah sorry yeah for the first album yeah. yeah i mean prior to you know parasite the only thing that was really out there was the three song summer sampler you know so that was what kids typically knew you know who knew us uh and what I ended up doing was taking my lyrics and matching them exactly to the vocal patterns mm. of the songs on that, since they were already known, you know? So they sound like very similar. Um, yeah. I, I did my best to match it up as much as possible to what Bear did. Uh, besides that, you know, like I never heard a complaint. I mean, yeah, the rest you know, of the songs I, didn't, weren't recorded anywhere so gotcha. that wasn't yeah, yeah it wasn't. we had been playing them live and it was different for us but no one fucking knew yeah it's also a different yeah. time like the videos aren't popping up on youtube as frequently yeah exactly <laughs> yeah nah. everybody's rocking what are the razors yeah <laughs> seriously flip phones, flip phones and, and shit eventually sidekick yeah you yeah, know? Sidekick. um what a time the hardcore the hardcore scene that the heart the fucking aim on a sidekick was the was the move I remember dude, that. the sickest shit, dude. Yeah. I remember when I got I got mine actually in the studio recording Parasite. It was <laughs> fucking awesome because I flushed my phone down the toilet in yeah. the studio yeah. on an accident. Yeah. <laughs> Trying a T nine text on that flip that razor. Yeah, thing. yeah, dude. I was like, ah, so uh, speaking of rewriting those lyrics, did you kind of keep kind of the same you know content uh, structure that the previous singer did, or did you, you were just like, I'm just gonna? I don't know what the fuck is lyrics. We never knew. Oh, Nobody okay. knew. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I never saw any lyric sheets. Like you can't understand what the fuck he's saying. You know, like it's. So I just took shit that I had already written. You know, mostly in preparation for writing with Flesh and Blood Robot, and just adapted it to see you next Tuesday. <laughs> I'm just now. Little, I'm just now remembering. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Drew, go ahead. No, I said he was whipping out his little poem book and flipping through. Yeah, I just had like a book full of shit that I had already written, and I, you know, I just, you know, I take half of what I wrote for another song or a poem or whatever, and just, just extrapolate it on that, you know, mm -hmm. to make it fit with, you know, the CNX Tuesday songs. So. Yeah, you saying the band, your old band name again, but I guess in full reminded me or triggered something in my head from twenty something years ago. I think you guys. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think you guys played here, Flesh and Blood Robot, either in North Florida, South Georgia, at some point in those early 2000s. Both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We the, probably a couple times. The Imperial. Yeah. Do you remember? We actually the broke. The, yeah, we played the Imperial. Okay. I have the flyer for that show. Yeah, that's probably the show I'm thinking <laughs> of right now. Then. <laughs> we actually broke down after that show, and we were stuck in Florida for five days. Oh, fun stuff. <laughs> fun stuff. Yeah. So let's. Let's let's get to distractions. The new album that you just released oh, hey. today. So congratulations let's on go. that. Yeah. Welcome, hey, thank welcome you. Thank back. You very much. 
Welcome back, boys. Um, Thank you. So, did we, you guys had this thing. I know you guys met. You had a you had like a one-off show within the you know 2010 to 2020, and then you got you kind of got back together-ish in like 2015. But did anything really transpire from that meeting that you guys did till 2020? I mean, we had a couple shows that we played. Uh, we ended up playing this really cool beer festival in Pittsburgh uh, and a couple other random one-off shows. But other than that, like, not really. Cool. All right. Well, that's, uh, that answers that. So how do you guys <laughs> how do you guys get back with Carl? Was it something like, was he the first person you reached out to because you were previously on Ferret and you were like, hey, we're yeah. kind of writing some stuff. We, we think it might be a good fit for a good fight or, you know, you're used to us, so... How'd that come about? Honestly, uh, so you remember, you, you know, Wax Vessel, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, we did that um, Gash um, release on Wax Vessel, which was the um, Summer Sampler and the This Was a Tragedy or Twat EP, which was the, the first EP that we recorded in Josh Schroeder's in-law's basement here in Bay City, where I live, um, before he was, you know, in his super awesome studio you know, recording more on the floor and stuff. Um, but yeah, um, we had contacted uh, Ferret originally to just ask a couple questions about that because uh, when Ferret sold everything off to Warner Brothers, we weren't sure on like the logistics of like, okay, these these three songs on the summer sampler were recorded, re-recorded later on for Parasite, but we should be fine with these, but we just want to double check. So we checked out that and just had to make sure to get our ducks in a row. So we had already opened the conversation and they're always, they just, you know, reiterated anytime we'd reached out for anything, they were just like, Hey, if you guys ever do anything, you'll let me. So it was just, it was one of those things where it's like, they never done us wrong. As a matter of fact, we owe our career to them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, um, all the really awesome stuff, all the really awesome tours that we got on were, you know, a, a product of being unfair. You know what I mean? Like, we got a lot of opportunities because of how awesome that label was and how many people loved them. And, you know, they liked us and they liked us as people as well. And I think that all resonated well. So there was no reason not to, you know what I mean? Go with good fight, not fair. Yeah, well, yeah, good fight. Yeah. <laughs> we all wish fair was still around. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> we we know what good fight is at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's crazy that you know both Truscal and Ferret kind of moved on, but yet Josh and Carl are still you know somewhat involved in the scene still. So it's kind mm -hmm. of yeah. kind of cool. Um, <clears throat> what's the biggest difference, obviously, between Distractions and the previous record before that? Like everything, I don't know. Yeah. When, when, musically, yeah, I mean, like, because obviously a lot of time went on between those two. You know, you had over a decade of of time, and you you know you wrote it yeah. over you know a year or so. So things change. Like, what what's the biggest change in your writing and you know influences in that? Yeah, well, a lot of change. Yeah, obviously, I don't. I mean, I listen to some of the same stuff I listened to back then. I'll never not listen to Converge. You know. Um, but, and that's the thing, if you listen to each record too, you can definitely tell that I was listening to different stuff, you know what I mean? Like you listen to Parasite versus Intervals, and granted Intervals was more of a group effort, you know, Travis and Andy and Fox and I all wrote that collectively, Parasite was a pretty solo me type of situation for probably 80% of it, and then 
obviously with distractions you know as far as the music is concerned you know it was all all written by me and um you know fox handled all the lyrics and stuff like that and you know, the, the vocals um but all like the electronics and stuff you know obviously that's a new element that we incorporated but during my time off um i i grew to learn production stuff i got into electronic music you know, weirdly enough, um, the only music that Fox and I both like, like our sh shared commonality musically, is electronic music. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so that was kind of a no-brainer to try to um, incorporate to some manner. Plus, it just it's mind-boggling and fun how fucking cool it is to make sounds turn into something. Maybe mm -hmm. if not. Sometimes it just sounds cool to go. <laughs> What kind of electronic music are you guys fond of together? Um, youth Code's probably our most uh, loved by the two of us. Okay. Uh, we both love Youth Code. Nine Inch Nails, obviously. Uh, so, like industrial, like uh, is that kind of more electronic? That, yeah. Um, I I get into more dancey. No, I don't know, dancey, oh, but on, like like on, dark, darky, darker synth type music, like uh, like Carpenter Brute okay. or like perturbator a ghost or ghost i don't know how you fucking pronounce it um you know shit not like ghost. that <laughs> not ghost ghost ask ghost i got you a pin for christmas or something like you did thank you nice <laughs> um yeah and i i i like you know i mean author punisher was one of the most uh um great like, influential records of 2022 for me um, so I mean, big hat tipping to that motherfucker, man. His Beastland that came out in 2018 is a masterpiece, and his follow up in 2022 was nothing short. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love you know the the pet brick, you know the body full of hell stuff, you yep. know the harsh noise stuff's really fun. Um, I you know to call out another Michigan band, Cloud Rat did an entire record that sounds nothing like Cloud Rat. They just were here in and, town, or not here in town. What's they, that? They were just. They were just down the way in Gainesville. They just came out of Florida. They, they just oh yeah, Florida. yeah, yeah. With Soul we, um, yeah, we uh, there's a shitty little bar where I live. They live in Mount Pleasant, which is um, about forty minutes west of me. And uh, there's this tiny little bar out there called Rubbles, and they did a, a a home show a little while ago, and they did their electronic set. Then they had a couple other bands play, and then they played their their grind set, and it was it was a masterpiece. Great. Great, great company here. Great people. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, to stop talking about other bands. But, yeah, that, you know, we like the dark, fun stuff, you know. Like, I'll say it again, you know, like, um, electronic music is a way to be innovative. You know, like, uh, a guitar plugged into a 5150, guys, is only, there's only an infinite amount of notes you can produce. You know, like, at least switch the amps. Nice. But uh, <laughs> no, man. You know, like you know what I'm saying, though. Like uh, mm -hmm. they're like with the stuff that like Full of Hell and Body do together. Right. That stuff is just you listen to that, and it's just like it's definitely not for everybody. Don't get me wrong. I understand that. You know, same with us. We're not palatable for the masses. You know, we're not Taylor Swift. Um, it's a good thing. But you know, it's you can listen to distractions, you can listen to the body, and you can listen to that stuff and go, I've never heard anything like this before, that's for self-insurer. Whether you like it or not, it's moot, but mm -hmm. at least with those elements, it adds something fresh to the palette. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was going to say, because yeah. I, I listened to it uh, quite a bit uh, leading up to this this week, but um, it definitely is a good mix of 
early. See you next Tuesday with whatever it is you guys are now. Because there is, you know, you can definitely tell that there's a difference now. But this is the first that yeah. we've heard of you guys in over a decade, right? Uh, new material, recorded yeah. material. So, you know, it, it was a good, uh, it was refreshing that it wasn't completely different, but you still kind of right. held, you, you still kind of held yourself to the standard of your previous recordings too. So, in style, so. Well, I, uh, I'm a, I'm a mailman um, by day. I walk, I walk about eight miles a day. So I listen to a ton of music. And uh, I've never stopped liking, um, you know, hard to listen to music, really. Um, during my time off, I spent a lot of time either uh, learning um, electronic music. I programmed electronic music for a while, tried to make my own shit. It didn't really go anywhere. But I, I also that. spent a lot of time playing upright bass in the jazz trio, you cool. know, and uh, like uh, 20s um Gypsy jazz style, like swing jazz, Django Reinhardt style. So I played upright bass for years. And a lot of that um, changed the game, too, you know, because it's like I always call it the daughter's chord, you know, this guy, everybody, that guy, right? You know what that is? It's a major seven with nothing else in it. I know that now because I was in a jazz trio. I'm not trying to, like, toot or anything. It's just like, you know, you have to be... And, you know the the guy that ran the trio that hired me for a few years is brilliant, and I, it would I would be remiss not to walk out of that more intelligent musically. You know, like I, I tried to absorb as much as I could from that man, uh, Jim Pagels, his name. Uh, well, I could, you know. So I mean, it's like that type of stuff. You know, like I'm older, I've learned more. I didn't just, you know, set my guitar down 15 years ago or just play the same Phoenix Tuesday songs over and over and over. You know, I played. In many different bands in a very large span of music um so i i think that it, it it's i appreciate what you said by the way yeah. saying that it, it, it i i i definitely wanted to retain the energy of the previous records and i think inherently my brain translates that to familiarity to our fans which is wonderful i'm glad it panned out that way honestly that's why we picked hey look no crying out of thir those 13 tracks that was our first pick because we're like you know what this one i feel well fox and i talked about it we, we both felt it was the biggest hat tip to our older stuff like previous see next tuesday fans because you know we didn't think upon release of this that people were going to actually care you know we thought it would literally be like you know 14 or 15 people that it's still like see next tuesday you know like right the, half the people that bought the the wax vessel thing that we put out so we're like, well, we got to put something out at first that our old fans, because they're not going to like necessarily what we're doing now. So let's make sure we put out something that they're going to be like, oh, yeah, this is pretty solid. And then people actually fucking like it. So, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> what was the, um, what made you guys want to put a new album out? Um, was it just the playing I'm the gonna, shows I or like just getting back into it, getting a taste for it. And then you're like, oh, fuck it. I'm gonna if if you don't mind, I'm gonna try to do a short version of this because I, I have since done a few long versions of this, um, and I'm not trying to just be poor me, poor me on every podcast I get on. No, no, no. Go ahead. Um, distraction started for me um, in October twenty, uh, October nineteenth of twenty twenty. I had my last drink of alcohol. Um. I had a lot of a lot of stuff happen. My wife and I both ended up 
um, finding ourselves succumbed to the liquor, <laughs> to put it bluntly. And uh, she found the strength and sought help. And a few days later, I followed suit, and the, the two of us made it out alive. And um, she's a very artsy woman as well. I'd like to preface with that. She took the photo for the cover art, and did the makeup and stuff for the model and stuff on the cover art. Hmm. Um, and she does like stained glass and all this wonderful stuff. And her and I, we just unanimously decided we need to focus on something. You know, we needed something else that's not going to be running to the liquor store or whatever. And um, I was also a mailman during COVID, so I worked literally 70 hours a week, not an exaggeration. Um, again, I'm not trying to be poor me or anything. I Go don't for, yeah. want to, to come across that way. You know, it's just... It's a story. It's a hard, yeah. It's a, it's a hard story, you know, to share, and it's not like I'm embarrassed about it. I'm literally still emotional about it, you know. It's 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 something that only happened, you know, two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I owe my absolute white life to this woman, Lauren. And uh, I, I said this before too. If anybody sees her, she's our merch girl of our shows. Yeah. If you like the new record, thank her for it because she absolutely pulled us through. And uh, she said, buy herself a guitar. You know, that Christmas of 2020, she said, find yourself a guitar, something really nice. And I was like, you know what? I've always wanted Paul Reed Smith. So I did. I bought this guy. Nice. Nice. Thanks to Clint from Sweetwater. <laughs> you, couldn't use, you couldn't use any of your guitar here? Uh, your guitar here. Your guitar center uh, pull for some... Some oh fuck no! I don't walk in there. I got fired from that. Place. Oh yeah, that's probably not a good idea. Then. <laughs> no, um, no, uh, that's a long story. That's for another day. Yeah, yeah. No um, so yeah, I bought this guitar. She told me to buy a guitar, and it, it really just became, you know, I had a computer and I used Ableton, and I I've recorded some stuff, and I had my room like soundproof so I could make my electronic music that went nowhere. And I started fucking around with guitar tones and stuff, and then. I, you know, I was like, you know, I'm gonna buy an HM2 because that's fucking cool. That's if I ever wrote anything heavy, I guess I'd have to use an HM2 because Ron Sound does and they're cool. And then, um, I started playing with it and I was like, I don't care for how this sounds, so I'm gonna try to make it sound different. And then, you know, it just became like this tone journey. And in the midst of the tone journey, my guitar gradually got put into drop A and I'm writing the grind for them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So I my mean, family is my family is home. My dogs are barking. I apologize. For that's that. fine. I honestly didn't hear it until you mentioned it. But um, oh, okay. They're coming for me. I don't know if you heard the fucking police come by. But they're coming for me. <laughs> I live on uh, I live on Main Street now, downtown Jacksonville, and oh, I live oh, next fine. door to everything that's you know could be loud. So it's fucking perfect I'm, for podcast I'm, recording. I'm, uh, but clearly, oh, yeah. clearly uh, needing a distraction from you know getting over alcohol or, or whatever your vice would be obviously that's where the title of the album comes from because obviously that was exactly where the title came yeah from that's where your distraction too. was from that so that's a full circle little story there that's cool um yeah god there was something i was going to ask you both oh yes um in the last two albums or in the final two albums obviously one a decade or over a decade old um you guys seem to have like a lot of short songs in on your albums and the albums do play around 30 minutes uh the last two i think the other one was about 20-ish minutes or so but within your kind of genre in the mathcore world you know quick spazzy fast songs are the name of the game 
Um, but on both of the last albums, you guys have like a very long ending track. Like, what what is the thought process behind like having you know? And again, some of these songs could be like just quick electronic bits or or whatnot. But you do kind of have like. 60 to like 180 second songs you know on there sometimes but then but then you have a much longer like you know opus at the end so yeah i just want to kind of expand on that um so this record has a lot of concepts to it um obviously i've i've prefaced that i've spent years writing this record you know Mm -hmm. took me a long time in the process of that it's i didn't just contemplate about what riff is going to go here and not sound stupid I was also thinking about like, okay, where is this going to go? If it's going to be a record, it's got to be how long, you know, how many songs do I try to want to get? You know, like obviously I'm an adult, so you know, I'm I'm composing an album. I I, I thoroughly planned it out the best I could, and I think that that was just one of those traditions that I didn't want to fuck with. To quote Letterkenny. Um you know, the actually Parasite had Pogonotrophy Part Two, which was around three and a half minutes. So that ended with a slower jam. Uh, January and on at the end of intervals is actually only ten minutes because it had a fuckload of ticking clock sounds that was supposed to say that we're going to put out another record, but we just you know never got money to do so again until now. Um, but yeah, um, it was just kind of. I was like, you know what, I think it'd be a really cool idea to end the record with a longer song. And then really, really early on in the the process, I was like, man, with the popularity of vinyl and like the wax vessel thing, I was like, I think we need to make something unique that'll make people interested in the vinyl. And um, early on, I thought of the idea of having um, a slow side and a fast side. So for those that have the vinyl or have seen it already, I don't know if you're getting yourself a copy or not, um, but um, tracks 1 through 12 are on side A, and track 13 is the sole survivor on on the B side. Hmm. Um, So that was a concept that I did from the beginning. Now, that song itself um, has... um, It was kind of a distraction of the distraction, too. That was kind of like my my procrastinating distraction, you know. As if you think about a distraction in a positive or a negative way, you know, like a distraction from liquor is obviously a great thing because it's it keeps me from going off and drinking. But a distraction from getting this album written can be negative, and that was strange music. Unfortunately, uh, I wrote that from pretty much the entire time I was writing the record on the side. I was composing that song because it's fucking hard to write something interesting so boring slow music which you know there's bands out there that just encompass that right men you know bands that can just be so doomy and paint such a beautiful picture simultaneously musically and you know i wanted to make sure if i was going to put something out that's that long that people just didn't go well it was fucking long because it was long you know so you could put that on one side but yeah, you know, I really wanted to focus on it, so I took we we took our time. You know, Fox actually, uh, believe it or not, he sat down and did that song in like one take. Just was like, I got this really long story. I'm just going to go for it. So it was actually like the perfect end pass to to this situation. So I took a year and a half to write the one fucking song, and we did it in an hour and a half. Yeah, where where do the um, what do you call them, the clips? 
you know, like the, uh, I don't want to call them ad lib clips, but they're like, you know, you have yeah. samples in there. Like, where, where do those come from? And like, what's I made everything, everything on the record I mean. Okay. In my home studio. Um, the, the voice. Yeah, make the applause sample. Oh, shut up. I took that from a royalty free sample site. I'm sorry. The applause <laughs> sample in this happy madness I did not make. However, I played the mandolin and the solo at the end, and I, I transposed that to guitar and played it live. So that's cool. Uh, the voices, um, so yeah, the intro track, those are some of my co-workers. Um, I did like a blind, um, interview thing. I said I was starting myself a podcast (laughs) and, um, I was like, uh, it's about swearing and I work at the post office. So everyone immediately was like, absolutely, I want to come over to your house and swear on the internet. It sounds like fun. Um, and some of them knew that I was in a band prior, you know, like I'm in small town America, so it's not like anyone realized that like I actually did anything cool before, but they knew I was in like a band that had a fun name or whatever. Right. That's what I, you know, so I had these people over and, um, and I just, I just right out the gates. I was just like, okay, I'm going to say swear words and you're going to say them back. You're being recorded, not me, you know, coached the best I could. And then I'd open up with, you know. Does the word cunt offend you? And, you know, you get these, like, I had a couple girls, you know, stop by and, uh, you know, from, from work, and they were just laugh their ass off. Nah, cunt's not that offensive <laughs> word. So if you really listen to it, it's a lot of people saying that, you know, it's just a fucking word. Yeah. You know, but... <laughs> what's the, uh, what's the, um, oh, go ahead, finish, finish. Oh, I was going to say, uh, we, we do have, I'd like to shout out, we do have some previous members. Uh, Travis, our bass player, um for parasite and intervals he did some spoken word um during um i'll never smile again uh his wife was present there adam karpinski our guitarist when we used to have two guitar players way back when he was our first second guitar player and only second guitar player <laughs> anyway with your next question um yeah my my thing was going to be like the <laughs> the the references that you you mentioned earlier the garage obviously spells out vag you said yeah. you said something about twat, and now obviously you know the bands C U N T are you know S Y next Tuesday, but you know it does it's a play on the words kind. So like I yeah. I want to know like where that humor or where that comes from, and is that just something that is an ongoing thing? Like will be an ongoing thing since we've it's grown up. Just a, a little stupid bit. inside <laughs> you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Fox hates it. He would love for it to go away. Oh well, I get it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, being almost 40, it's hard to be like, yeah, I'm in a band called. I, I mean, like, it really just, it really, <laughs> I feel that it really just started you know, as being like, fucking, this is like a marketable thing, you know, like, literally, like, we wanted to be noticed in some way, and you had to. I mean, band, oh, yeah. look at band names right now, you know, like, you have these great bands with dumb names, like, you know, you can't read them and stuff, but. That's just what it is, man. It's a shtick. Like, we had the illegible logo. I mean, not that our logo is like super legible right now, but you know what I mean. Right. Like, it was a shtick, and it was funny, and now it's just like, I mean, we're running out of four-word acronyms. We've used twat, dash, cunt, <laughs> badge. Um, will it continue? Who knows? I don't know. I mean, they're like fart jokes to me, man. Like, yeah. so it's you know, living infamy. But also at the time when you guys were around, the it was a much different, you know, 
time and climate and, and everything. So very different. Yeah. yeah. It's a little it's dangerous of you guys to be out there now with that with that name. But uh We were kinda wondering about it at the beginning, but I mean it it's you know, if fucking Carl Urban can say cunt on fucking the boys, you know, one million fucking times, like why can't we have a act or a backronym? Uh yeah as our name like who gives a shit you know yeah. it's just a fucking word you know it's not like we're not using it in any derogatory way really <laughs> yeah. I definitely I definitely agree that there are certain words that are off the table you know like I, I've yeah. oh totally yeah, yeah yeah but you know like I think that cunt in particular is a word that in certain countries it's wildly used oh yeah um, like Scotland and the UK you know like like those people throw that word in Australia. They throw it around like it's no big deal. We use the word "but," and they use "cunt." Like it's it, it, it's to them it's nothing. So because of the fact that there's a large you know influential countries in the world that drop that word like it's nobody's business, it's not something that's going to be overly offensive. I think. You know what I mean? Like that's just my stupid opinion because I live in a small town America. But at the same time, like you know. No one seems to really give a shit. Yeah, I mean, most people are just continue to play on it. Like, the, we did the cunt down to distractions, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's just dorky shit that, yeah. may, I don't know, man. Like, people love novelty, and it's fun to give people something fun. Yeah. You know, so if it pisses a couple people off, you know, there's Karens everywhere. Man. I get it. You're going to upset, gonna upset somebody because there's just fake outrage all over these days, so. You know, I exactly. I live in Florida, so I'm, it's a little different. Bring here. it on! It's a little bring different, you know. So we see it all the time. But um, moving on from that topic, <clears throat> you guys played a couple shows in January. Do you guys have more planned as we go? And again, keep in mind this probably comes out after March. So, oh, oh. well, um, I mean, we have some things we're looking into, right? Uh, I think yeah. we have some in May coming up, possibly. Yeah, we are. We are doing like a. Um, in a in a nutshell, you know, we are. I, I you know, I said we're we're older. We have real jobs and stuff. So I mean, the 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 taking off for forty five days is not currently in the cards. Right. You know, obviously, it depends on how the record is received. But we can't just pause life and go make, you know, fifteen dollars for. Ten years of touring again. We're not going to do it. We have families and dogs that right. love us. Um, but with that said, we do have in May. Towards the end of May, we're doing um, four days with the band Meth. Oh, cool! cool, cool. Um, uh, it's going to be kind of like Louisville down that area, Tennessee. We're going to try to get down there. We're just going to kind of drive in a van and turn around and come back, kind of thing for four days. Similarly, what we're doing next week, which will be weeks after this airs but now you got me confused with time we're gonna go we're telling me when this is coming out just march <laughs> just march yeah, yeah, yeah so into march um other than that you know we um we wanted to try to get on a few festivals so furnace fest if you're listening i'm gonna keep bugging you i was gonna say you know, <laughs> they're, they're like the mecca for reunion bands right now you know what i mean yeah. so, i know yeah. i know I know, and here's the thing: is we mentioned that you know a band named Cunt is not necessarily the most palatable, but you know it is what it is. Uh, suffice it to say, we want to try to do a couple um, festivals. If we get something that's further away, like Alabama, you know, obviously we would play some shows there and back. But you know, yeah. nothing, nothing is set in stone. Our lives are fucking a complete mystery right now. Got it. <laughs> 
So you, uh, you, you said you're a mailman earlier. Uh, Fox, are you still tattooing and, and doing that? Yeah, I, I tattoo. Uh, Rick, Rick does our well, as well, our bass player. I okay. own my own shop, and Rick works there. So, uh, so yeah, I'm still tattooing full-time. What's the shop's name, just in case anyone you know hears this? Wants to uh, <laughs> Fish Ladder Tattoo Company. Nice. And what do you uh, like? Where'd you where'd you start tattooing? Was it something that you just always drew and you were creative? Obviously, like uh, not really. I mean, I, I mean, I was actually going to go to school to be a comic book illustrator. Okay. Um, and then I kind of fell into the whole band life with Flesh and Blood and kind of just didn't go anymore. <laughs> I stopped and just was deciding to live my life in a van and not make any money. Um, but. I started getting tattooed soon after. Like I met a bunch of tattooers through the band mm -hmm. and uh, started getting tattooed. And then I'm like, this seems like a pretty legit way to make money and not really have a lot of rules, you know, you know, governing my life. Right. So I just kind of fell into it, um, thankfully. And then, uh, yeah, I ended up getting an apprenticeship right before I joined the. Well, I was in a, I had a, like a two year apprenticeship, but you know, I got an apprenticeship at a biker shop and finished that up right before. You know, I joined CNX Tuesday, and it's, you know, while I was, you know, at the beginning of CNX, or that all that whole time with CNX Tuesday, like, I really wasn't tattooing a lot because I was fucking On touring, yeah. you know? <laughs> so I wasn't, like, really doing that great in my career, but once, you know, it went on hiatus, that's when I really focused my life as a tattooer. Interesting. You got a bunch of ring lights behind you, and I know you're using one now because I can see it in your glasses. Do you do like yeah. streaming or any kind of like, or is that just for you know tattooing? <laughs> it's for it's for playing Magic the Gathering. Sick, dude. <laughs> Online. Sick. Now we're getting <laughs> some fellas. Oh, I saw. I did see those back there, and I was like, that kind of looks like Windows Start menu or something like that. So I didn't really. I can't see exactly. Those are all my decks. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, Rick and I are pretty into Magic. Do you play any other cards? Weirdly games? enough, I used to be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I also day, I also I, was, yeah. Like, when I was in middle and high school, I definitely played Magic. Were you a Star City Games person? Did you come up during that time? I have no fucking clue. I was oh, a okay, super so big, no. big... In, I was like, it was just Magic the Gathering at that time. And it was like, oh, okay. it was still like the black round, like the black edged cards. And I guess at some point they went white edged too. Yeah, and then they started okay, making so you, different you, things. You played as a, as a kid mostly then. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like middle school oh, okay. probably was the last time I played. I, play, I played for a solid 20 years of my life, including into my 30s, um, where I did a tour circuit. Like, I used to go, like, to Star City Games um, tournaments and mm. stuff, like, regularly. Like, I would travel to them and stuff. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was super dork. That's pretty nerdy, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like, again, I, I get it because I played it too. And I also, like... I didn't play Magic, but I did actually try to play Magic recently in the last like five years. But on the cell, like the cell game, the cell phone oh, okay. game, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the arena shit. Yeah, yeah, the arena. But I, yeah. for some reason, was playing Hearthstone more. Oh, you know, okay. I think that's the Blizzard yeah. version of the Magic uh, game. I uh, but I also, I, I kind of stopped playing Magic right around the same time, like the Star Wars game came out. You know, because the Star Wars card game came out, and then all these other card games came mm -hmm. out, and I was like, I'm out. And I just kind of stopped playing, but uh, I also did play the Pokemon card game when that came out too, Ooh. or collected them. I Dude, should say. I a lot of those fucking, a lot of those cards are worth some fucking serious money, man. Oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, a lot of them. I never got too. into it, but it's wild. Or this, there's the same with Magic, though, right? They, they have yeah, a lot of money. Totally. Oh, yeah. I'm blowing two, three hundred dollars a card. You know, like it's, there's upwards to 
you know, 40, 50,000. So let's, let's get weird with it. Cause I, I've always had these questions and I don't meet a lot of grown men that play magic anymore, unfortunately, especially that are willing to spend two, $300 a card. Uh, but like, so let's say you, you, you're searching cards online, obviously. Right. And then yeah. like, there's a price for the card. What is the limit yeah. as to what you would spend? And then like, do you do you actually use the card? Like, do you buy these cards to use them within your deck, or do you? Fuck just, yeah, like, I'm playing have, that okay, shit, man. Okay. Well, I don't know if you had like a three hundred dollar card, you were like laying it down all like, the time. Well, you know? I mean, if I fucking blew like ten G's on a card, I'd just be like, cool. I have the card. I'm gonna put it in a frame, and then I have a proxy for it, and yeah. I will fucking, you know. But um, yeah, I'm gonna. Play Is that the allowed? Card, you know. Is that allowed? Like you, like I have this. Card no, not with in a me. tour, not okay. in a tournament setting, but in casual for sure. You know. Okay, interesting. Yeah, my business card is going to be whatever the fucking card is, and trust me, I have it at home. Well, they have like Thanks. sleeves that you put the cards in, and there's like because um, I when I played the tour circuit, you know, I played a, a, a tournament, a, a format called Legacy, which was specifically old cards mixed with new cards. So like the, the power level was insane. Because, like, rules change over the years, I think. But, yeah, I mean, I would have, like, a $400 card in the same deck with a 25-cent card. But you just learn to shuffle your cards in a certain way so you don't get the creasing on them and dork shit like that. You I didn't know, even you think about shuffle. Yeah, you don't ruffle shuffle, you pile shuffle. You can't see it, but you would put, like, eight piles, and then you'd mix that together. You never riffle shuffle your cards. That's, like, fucking... Touch someone else's cards and riffle shuffle and you're losing a hand. Insane, insane, <laughs> insane. Uh, Drew, I think you you kind of like uh, you're a mailman. Yeah. You like jazz, right. and you like weird, obscure yeah. music. Probably you probably like a bunch of regional bands in your area, right? Like old yeah, regional sure. bands. You could be like, like old regional bands from your area. Well, I live in the middle of nowhere. There's not really any bands from my area that aren't like um, the three cent beer band. I mean, like you know, Michigan that area, like Michigan. Oh yeah, well yeah, well, yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, you could definitely things. like pass for our editor, uh, Colin. He is the exact same, but he lives in like upstate New York. So he's also a mailman, listens to jazz music, and likes a lot of obscure regional bands from the New England area. So oh yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. He also posts on the message board, but I'm not gonna blow his. I'm not gonna. Uh, Call out sixty nine four twenty. No, I don't know. He probably doesn't love you guys. To be honest with you, he's into like <laughs> yeah. the shit that he always is talking about is That's just like the worst to me. I, I like <laughs> he he likes the slower, droney, sludgier type stuff. But then he'll come with like like recently he's talking about he's been listening to a lot of these arms are snakes, and I was like. I swear, every time I bring it up, I think you make fun of me for it, but it could be one of the other million bands that I try to talk to him about that he makes fun of me for. So, you know, yeah. But um, I have a weird question for you guys so we can kind of go off topic. Okay. okay. What, uh, do you guys have TikTok or uh, Instagram? Yeah, I have Instagram. So you're familiar with like the reels or the TikTok videos, right? You know what I'm talking about if I bring I know up. what they are, yeah, right. for sure. Do you yeah. ever do you yeah. ever watch any of the reels or any of the videos on Facebook or anything that you get like, you know, you start doom scrolling those things? I want to know like yeah, how, every once in a while. I want to know how fucked your algorithm is for those. Dude, mine changes so frequently cuz here's the thing is I I well, actually no, Fox and I are both kind of the same way. We're not really like public people on the internet much. But uh, 
um, he run he runs our Instagram and I run our Facebook. So like when I'm flipping through reels at you know two o'clock in the morning when I can't sleep, like you know I'm on my I'm on the I'm on our band's page, which like you know we follow Lamb Goat and every other metal zine and right. you know bands that we like and stuff so the algorithm's really fucky you know it's a lot of maddie matheson <laughs> yeah. um you know that type of stuff you know yeah. like it's a lot of that it's it's weird but it changes every day that's actually it's funny you brought that up because i i talk to my wife about that constantly we always talk about our internets you know because i'll be like man weird as shit today all day long i've been getting videos for fucking this you know whatever it is that day or whatever i'll be like yeah just like these tattooed guys that swear a bunch and cook like all <laughs> all three of them that are popular on the internet all of a sudden showed up on my my reels for the day you know so every once in a while you get like a bunch of like girls that are half naked and um, and you're like what the fuck where's this shit coming from i was watching drum videos man like <laughs> yeah. get out of my algorithm <laughs> yeah. like yeah. i'm trying to sit here and watch somebody show off that they can do triple stroke rolls at 800 bpm and i flip the next video and some chick wearing lululemon it's like get the fuck out of here yeah uh, mine's Great. not like that mine mine is definitely a cursed algorithm at this particular point because <laughs> Instagram, I don't have TikTok, but Instagram will show me something and um, I have like ADHD and stuff. So like I have a million questions about like what is going on in the video, like who's filming that? What's the what's the what's the reason oh, they're yeah. filming this? Is that person that they're filming? Do they know what's going on? And then I, I'll have so many questions that I'll spin so long on the video. Instagram's like, oh, this guy likes this stuff, so let's keep sending him more of this cursed shit. <laughs> so, like, I got all sorts of, like, you know, uh, disabled people on my stuff, uh, just <laughs> gross things on my stuff, people getting hurt really badly. Uh, a lot of, like, uh, languages I can't read the text of, and there's people doing wild-ass shit in the Middle East or in some other kind of country. So, Man. I didn't know, like, I get on my personal Instagram zero music stuff zero girl stuff zero it's like they just know like hey, we're gonna keep this fucking guy asking a million questions in his head and i just i'll i have to put that phone down because like i had like a god there was like a a drag a, like a you know drag you know people dressing in drag yeah, yeah, yeah. there was like a group yeah. of people that were in this troop or whatever but they all had like down syndrome they all had like different levels of down syndrome so it was like that came across you know that came across my feed and i was like that blew my mind because i first off never even associated people like that dressing in drag and didn't even think you know that was even possible so or whatever but then i started looking at it so much at the time i'm like oh my god so it comes up all the time and then it was like down people with down syndrome cooking and again like i was like who's making these videos Who's making these I, videos I, and who's putting it out there? Yeah, right. the point of it? I've never seen those videos on my internet. Well, yeah, if you want to, if you want to friend me on uh, Instagram, my my friend, I will send you yeah. some videos. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't have Instagram, but <laughs> I need we can be that. friends in real life. We'll That's fine. That. Yeah, we can definitely do that. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> well, we've kind of come to like the hour time timeline here. Um, oh sure. I was going to ask you a couple of chat GPT questions, but. Uh, that's probably not accurate. We found over the course of doing these, I've asked a couple questions that 
chat GPT just makes up and hallucinates information and dates and all sorts of shit. So we'll move on from that. But do you have any other things that you kind of want to plug? Obviously, you just had the distractions drop today. So, you know, by the time this comes out, we'll remind everybody about that. But anything else in the near future other than like the shows in May or anything that you guys got going on personally? I got some uh, stuff. Go for it. Yeah, sure. Go for uh, it. I, I'm pretty sure that uh, there's going to be a wax vessel release of the flesh and blood stuff uh, pretty soon. Uh, we're in talks. They're getting it sorted out. Pretty excited about getting that stuff back out. Um, I guess that's it for me, though. Yeah, I'm gonna have to write, it <laughs> I have to write down <laughs> flesh and blood robot so I can check that out again because I'm fucking I mean, pretty sure, dude, there, that there's I've like seen you guys before. Three really good songs, and then the rest are like. <laughs> they're from when we were like teenagers that's fine I just want to see I want to look up something and get like a visual like a, a, something visual yeah. that kicks in that nostalgia from like you know early 2000s yeah it'll be me with a white belt and really tight pants and when I could actually grow hair did you have I was gonna say did you really have like cool. long hair maybe in front of one eye I had like a, a weird like mohawk thing it mm. was pretty cool I wish mm. I still had it or any hair at all it would be sweet I got hair you want some yeah thanks <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, other than that, you know, album, you know, shows. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll be playing, yeah. a, you know, a little bit more towards the end of the year, uh, trying to get a little bit further out than just like our region, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, it's just that it, everything's up in the air right now with what we can do. And, you know, if we get offered something that makes it worth us to, or worth it for us to take time off from our, fucking adult life to go do something you know it like i mean if cannibal fucking cannibal corpse was yeah. like hey what's up you know or, or if red court does something or you know like <laughs> then something, you know we, we might reevaluate you know but well hey converge is always touring yeah yeah I, I, yeah <laughs> i wish man. i got it'd be, yeah. it'd be weird i got so many converge tattoos on me so yeah. we played with it one time and i don't know it was awesome uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's but yeah. Everything's up in the air right now. Uh, as of right, you know. Yeah, I mean, we kind of been people. really, we kind of really been. Everything's been kind of culminating to this release. So it's mm-hmm. really now. It's like we get to see what happens because, like I mentioned yeah. earlier, like it, you can't just bills don't just stop when we decide to go on tour for X amount of days. You know, like we have to. Everything has to be calculated for us because we do have jobs and limited time off and limited ability, limited ability to do that, you know. And it's it's um, you know it's I'll say this, you know, like it's amazing the support that we're getting thus far. You know, you didn't say it all during this interview at all that you liked the record, but I'm just gonna put that out there. I've listened to it all <laughs> week, guys. I've listened to it all fucking week. We got a we got a review coming out like either today or Monday. Trust me, it's I just said it's a nod to the old rec- to the old material and it's got some new vibes to it. It's a great record. Yeah. Well, you know, coming from the owner of a website that you know traditionally has hated us, I appreciate it. Yeah. It's a new you know it's a new um, chapter. It's a new chapter over here. You know, we're trying to not yeah, be as nice, but you know, yeah, I have no, my don't, don't let the comments go away, man. Nope. They're funny to me. Nope. And my wife really like. It's like pastime. Her and her, her kid get together and read the. Every time something comes up on your website, like they get so excited. 
Yeah, well, we get, we definitely got to get a reacts. Uh, we'll do like a reacts thing next. Well, you yeah, know, I'm I'll, telling you, we got to get my wife involved. She will make for a great video. Yeah, I'll She's uh, a very I'll hit charismatic that, uh, girl. Who is it? Is it? Who's the PR person for you guys? Alexa. Alexa. Yeah, Alexa. Wordless. Yeah, so wordless. I'll, I'll yeah. get I'll get it with her, and uh, we'll try to arrange yeah. something like that so we can do that. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, uh, not not to cut you off. I just wanted to say, you know, uh, as a closer, you know, we wanted to thank everybody. You know, obviously. Um, the, the response that we've gotten thus far um, from, from not only previous fans, but new fans and like all of the zines, you know, you guys and like the PRP and Brooklyn Vegan, like just to name a few, all these zines are like giving us respect and I, I really appreciate that as well. And um, it, it, it really goes to show that um, people are out there still are fucking awesome to give a shit about us, you know, and continue that, please, because if you want to see us tour, which we do, you know, I'm not trying to say that we're not going to with our jobs. I'm not trying to give excuses or anything, but really, like, we're going to do everything sitting here. Over the next few months, we're going to talk, we're going to put up stuff on YouTube, do some playthrough videos, you know, maybe play some magic together and we'll online with each other. We're going to play some magic on YouTube. Definitely got the play, bro. I, I mean, uh, you're going to send you a deck if you want. <laughs> You're gonna kill me because you got all the thousand dollar cards, but you know we could try. I know what yeah. mana is and what all the. I know you know. I'm vaguely familiar with how the fucking play. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, basically, all I'm saying is, is anybody out there like you know, uh, we weren't a band that was active this whole time, and and that sucks that stuff happened to us that we couldn't have put out records, but. In 15 years, if we had a sat back and maybe put out two, three records in the meantime, you know, we would be in the same level of uh, with a lot of our peers that came up during that time, you know, like, um, so we appreciate every single person that has continued to like us and is growing with us, you know, like seeing our social media actually get likes and stuff. That's that's big because, again, we weren't around that whole time posting our social media. You know, we have a YouTube channel that has loads of fun content because we're goofy dudes that are really excited about what we're doing. And we got, you know, 600 followers. So go follow us, man. Like, that's the kind of stuff that's going to help us get out there. You yeah. know, um, more having more fans is going to help us get to the fans that we have that don't exactly live in the you know, 20 mile radius of basic machines. And, uh, Thank you, everybody, for being cool. One last question now, because I thought about it, because you were saying the reception of the record, and you guys have <clears throat> been releasing singles in the last couple, you know, months in in general. Sure. Do you guys do you guys uh, have access to your Spotify account or anything like that, where you post? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So, did you notice? Did have you noticed any different, like, to your listeners before you started releasing the singles to now? Because if I look now, oh, yeah. you're at 22,000 monthly Ooh. listeners, which you yeah. know, I don't know what it was prior to the singles, but... Um, in, when I turned in the Masters, I wrote it down because I was curious. So on June 1st, I turned the Masters in. We had just around 3,000 oh, wow. followers on Spotify and on Facebook. And, you know, obviously Spotify is over 20,000. Facebook's up to like 7,300 or something like that. Yep. But, you know, we're trying to be active. You're trying to make up lost time. You know, it's it's people, it's stuff like that that, you know, people don't realize that, you know, like it's a, um, because of COVID and staying home and jamming online and, and even since MySpace, really, like it's it's a game that the internet 
controls, you know, and we were on a Spotify playlist, we are on the all new metal playlist for like a week. We got so many plays, more than we've ever seen in our entire lives. Even more than probably the release day today, just because we were on something. So Spotify, if you're listening, please put us on more fucking playlists. I don't care who was on it. Put us on with Metallica or fucking <laughs> yeah. Slipknot. I love Slipknot. You were, on, uh, you were on the New Metal Monthly playlist a few times. With every time, I mean, we post every uh, every song that we post about, we throw in a yeah. monthly playlist. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. so yeah, I really you. do. I'll... Actually, like, um, when we found out that we were going to do this podcast, I was really, really excited because I've noticed that you guys have been really um, supportive. So I appreciate that. Like, on social media and stuff, you guys have been nothing but great. You interact with us on social media. And I, think I that's try, really man. Cool. You know, I try to pick up where Alex couldn't, right? Because Alex, yeah. Alex had a whole si- – and I don't mean to say this again on the fucking podcast for the millionth time, but Alex had a whole situation – that you know he had a full-time job and a full-time family with multiple people in there so he you know he was one man trying to run this whole thing and um i have a team of people that you know i work with and i do digital marketing and i come from that background from the myspace days we're like that's like i just took all those skills of like networking and doing like because i was again i was in the band i was in a band and i was the band dad too and i made all the graphics i didn't write any of the music uh you know i had my taken because i was the vocalist but i had my part in the music writing but every it oh, doesn't fucking matter dude we're not even gonna i'll tell you <laughs> i'll tell you afterwards i'll tell you we'll we'll, we'll end this and email me email me your bad <laughs> gift later good <laughs> lord i'm a mailman i have a lot of time on my hands so i like listening to the hands. yeah well i'll send you the dog shit that we made uh but anyway oh, yes yeah so you know it was just, what the fuck was i even talking about oh yeah no i try to maintain I'm talking about Alex. <laughs> I was trying to maintain, <laughs> you know, and, and do more and expand. So like we are trying to just cover more things. A lot more reviews are coming out, you know, more features, more interviews, yeah. podcasts. And you I'm guys have been great I, though. We really appreciate yeah. it. And then again, it like, sure. you know, a lot of that comes from a lot of that comes from like I know that you guys were around back in the day when I was you know, when I was visiting Lamb Goat because I've been visiting for a long time. So a sure. lot of these bands from the early two thousands that are coming back around, like there's so many people that don't know about those bands and that time frame because there's a lot of newer blood in the in the water so to speak so you know i'm trying to i one of the biggest goals of lamb goat for me is to help lamb goat continue on bridging the gap between the old and new and new and old so like i want to bridge i want to bridge the guys that have been visiting the website for 23 years i want to bridge them with some new bands you know they're not going to love lorna shore or or you know fucking spirit box and all these other bands that are coming out but They'll like some of them, and maybe some of the guys sure. that like those newer bands don't know anything about where that music or that sound came from. And I want to kind of show them, hey, if you fall down this track or crack, you might fall into finding out, like, hey, the reason exactly. why this band sounds right. like this is because of this band, you know? So, yeah. Awesome. Well, we but appreciate yeah. it. I mean, it's Lamb Goat was something that I was looking in at every day constantly in 2004 you know yeah, no. hey, but <laughs> you, you know to see what was going on you know and now you know here we are as so, of uh, as a year it, it's appreciated as a year and a half ago you know we're a mobile friendly website we came into the 21st Ooh. century so hey if you haven't been in a while <laughs> check it out uh, but, I still yeah, check it every yeah. once in a while uh, we appreciate it. I appreciate that I know that the bands do you know check it out the reason why the comments won't go away is because I know that the people that they're writing the comments about are for the most part enjoying the funny the funny bits they get from it and honestly man like 
I know, I know that it sounds like you want to move past that, just as we want to move past the wacky titles of our songs off of Parasite. So I understand. But oh, we're not moving time, past. Like, it's, some, it's just a part of it. Yeah, it it's is. It really a part is. Of it. Like, yeah, it needs to I, be, really. When, yeah. I ex- when I explained to my kids what Lango was, right? Because I have 14 year old and 20 year old, right? And uh, none of them, neither of them listen to metal. I mean, they like Taylor Swift and stuff. Um, and when I explained to them, because like I said, my wife thinks your your comment section is like, she checks it daily, right? Thank you. Thank and uh, so I recently had to explain that to my kids. I'm like, okay, so it's this website. Hear me out. That no matter how good a band is, <laughs> they allow anonymous users to give their feedback on everything that they post. And literally both of them are like, yeah, yeah. And it's like a time, it's a throwback to when the internet was a certain way. Um, and there's not a lot of, you know, anonym, uh, anonymity on the internet so to have that available uh it's a burden and a plus you know what i'm saying so like <laughs> it's a good and bad man. thing don't don't get rid of it you know don't we try it. to i yeah. try to i try to moderate it but i also try to like let no, a lot no, of stuff no, out, you know what i mean so um, we'll just be you're, not, you're not Elon Musk, man don't start twittering yeah. and no we're not we're not gonna do <laughs> it we're gonna keep it the same way uh but yeah, yeah. On that note, we'll end it here. And if you guys don't okay. mind just sticking around for a hot second, I got I got a couple things afterwards that I want to run by you or talk to you about. But um, yeah, I appreciate your time and congratulations Dude, we on the comeback. This yeah. opportunity, like, yeah. You have, yeah. Thanks a lot, and thanks, you know. Yeah, seriously, man. Awesome. We we I really, it. really, really, absolutely everything you guys have done since we released the first single. Yeah, we'll yeah, continue. We, we'll continue to do the same. Uh, but again, congratulations on the new record and coming back. Thank you. Appreciate thank you. you. Hey there, I'm Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now.